Hello. Discover the answer to life's most perplexing questions. Gain insight for your journey and discover how to use your pain to launch your purpose as you listen to Beauty for Ashes, a podcast with Adrian Mayfield. Hello, guys. So today I am going to share from a magazine that I get called The Voice of the Martyrs. I think that a lot of times as believers, we forget that there are believers outside of the United States. There are believers all over the world, and many of them are being persecuted and martyred even for their faith. And so I get this magazine from Voice of the Martyrs every month. I read it. I pray for the people and the stories. And today I just wanted to share... um, One of the stories this month's edition is talking about Nigeria and the crisis that's um, going on there now in the northern part of Nigeria and the great number of Christians who have lost their lives and the widows and widows and orphans who've been displaced due to the murders of the men, the Christian men there. Sometimes when they come into the homes, they will murder the husband because they know that murdering the husband puts a tremendous blow on the family since the husband is the provider and protector of the home. And so that leaves women widows and it leaves their children as orphans. But the one I want to share today is called A Stolen Future. So I'm just going to read it and then I will pray for the young man and his daughters that the story talks about. It's very compelling. So I hope you'll listen. Again, it's called a stolen, a stolen Future. Weeks before his wife's death, James had a casual discussion with her about whether either of them would remarry if the other died. James told her he wanted to die first so their two daughters would have a mother to care for them. And his wife, Mary, teased him by saying she would remarry. But then she grew more serious, telling him she had a sense that she would die first. James didn't think much of the conversation until later when Mary was killed in an attack on their Christian village in central Nigeria. James was in the city donating blood at a hospital on the day of the attack. When he called home around noon, Mary told him not to come home because they had heard gunshots in a nearby community and she wanted him to avoid traveling through an area of conflict. She was not yet aware that Fulani Islamic militants were attacking the entire region of Bark and Lati outside Josh. Beginning at 7 a.m. that Saturday, June 23, 2018, the heavily armed militants swept through the area using plastic garden sprayers to spray gasoline on houses before setting them ablaze. Mary called James back a little while later, crying, telling him the attackers had entered their village. When the militants arrived, Mary gathered their two-year-old daughter, Melody, in her arms and ran with her six-year-old daughter, Marvelous, for the safety of the surrounding bush. But they immediately encountered militants. Marvelous was hit on the head and knocked unconscious, while Melody was shot in the stomach. The bullet passed through Melody's body and lodged in her mother's chest, killing Mary instantly. The girls lay near their mother's body, through the afternoon and evening until someone found them. James heard nothing from or about his family until the next morning when his sister called to tell him that Mary had been killed, but their two daughters had survived. 
He had no time to mourn his wife, rushing instead to the hospital to be with Melody, who was being taken into surgery. He stayed in the hospital with her for two months while she underwent two surgeries to repair her intestines. And he missed his wife's funeral when the 86 people killed in the Bark and Lottie massacre received a hasty mass burial under the protection of Nigerian security forces. James was filled with grief and questions. If I had known I would be a widower at age 29, would I have even gotten married? Why did the Lord we serve allow this to happen to us? Why me? While many women have lost husbands in the violence in northern Nigeria, it is less common for men to lose their wives. Islamic militants usually target men because they know men are often a family's sole source of support. In this attack, however, James said he knows of five other men who lost their wives. One of the men lost 11 family members in one day. James is thankful he still has his daughters. His parents help care for the girls while he works. James's grief was compounded by losing his home. He and his family lived in a camp for inter internally displaced people for eight months, but they still could not return home. The neighboring Fulani, the same ones who had attacked the village, moved into the Christians' homes and took their land. James's older daughter, Marvelous, later told him that the man who killed her mother used to visit their house and eat dinner with them. He was one of the men who took mommy to see Jesus, she said, naming the man. James also learned that the attackers had chanted, Jihad is compulsory and we have killed the infidels. For many weeks, James seethed when he thought of the men who killed his wife. I didn't even want to see them, he said. As a Christian, he knew about persecution, but he never thought it would happen to him. He felt like his future had been stolen. James had recently graduated from college with a degree in environmental health, and he had just finished the two-year national service required of every college graduate. Their farm had supported the family, and he had considered going back to school for a master's degree in public health. But now his farm was gone, his wife was gone, and he had two young daughters to support. Last January, Voice of the Myers began assisting James with rent, school fees, clothing, and medical care. Though he earns an income as a tin miner, housing prices in the city have risen sharply because of the influx of Christians displaced by militant attacks. In addition to receiving financial help, he's also meeting with a specially trained worker who functions somewhat like a social worker. The worker meets weekly with persecuted believers to check in on their progress and help them help in moving traumatized people out of shock and into a place of self-sufficiency. After several months in the program, James' outlook on life began to brighten. I feel like I have people who care for me. Being reminded that he is supported by his Christian family has restored his faith in God. He says it's even stronger than before. God is good, he told a voice of the martyr worker. I feel I have a God, a living God, who will never forsake me. He still finds it difficult to interact with the militant Fulani villagers who attacked his village and killed his wife, but he intentionally greeted them on a recent trip to check on his farmland. Forgiveness will take time. James still wonders why the Lord chose to take his wife and not him, but he sees God providing for him as needs arise. I feel loved. He asks for prayer for himself and his two daughters, Marvelous and Melody, as well as for all Nigerian Christians who have lost family members, homes, and land. Pray that God will strengthen us and make us strong in our faith and provide for our desires, he said, because it is now that we feel like we don't have a heritage. 
we don't have a land. James and his other Nigerian brothers and sisters who've been scarred by this violence may have lost their loved ones and land, but they've not been lost to the Lord. They are his portion and his inheritance, and not one will be snatched from his hand. So that's James' story called A Stolen Future. It's featured this month and then this month's edition of Voice of the Martyrs. And I wanted that to share that story again as a reminder that we need to pray not only for Christians here, but Christians all over the world. We need to also pray for unbelievers that their hearts will be turned, that they will receive Jesus, accept the truth about who Jesus is, and that the violence and killing will stop. So I want to take this opportunity now just to join with you and agree that we will pray for James and his two daughters now. Father, we thank you for James. We thank you for his life. We thank you for Melody and Marvelous' life. We ask now that you will just cover them with the blood of Jesus. We ask that you would just keep them, that you will strengthen their heart, that you will encourage their heart, that you will let them know that you are with them, that you will never leave them nor forsake them. We pray that they will be strengthened in their faith. We pray that you will send resources. We pray that you will just cover them with your divine care. We send forth angels now, divine angels, because your word decrees and declares that you have given angels charge over us to keep us in all our ways. So Father, we pray now that you will cover them, keep them and protect them. We pray for the other persecuted Christians in Nigeria and abroad, strengthen their faith, and help us to remember to pray for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to the Beauty for Ashes podcast. Before you go, subscribe and leave a message with your pressing question or comment. Be sure to tell all your friends and tune in next week for another episode.